everyone. Today I wanted to share with you a segment of the online course that I created, Foundations in Anatomy and Body Science for Yoga Teachers. Now this is a 10-hour online course and it's the first segment that I do in the 30-hour segment that goes into our 200-hour yoga teacher training. And I wanted to take this information and put it online because I feel like a lot of people struggle with the anatomy portion in their yoga training and it can be helpful to go back and watch it over and over and really absorb the terminology and get comfortable with all the information because that's how we start to build on that foundation and create a really solid understanding of our body and how it interacts with this practice of yoga. So I hope you find this segment to be helpful and I'll put a link in the description below if you want to check out the full course. The 12 body systems. We're going to start to look at how those things are organized when we are talking about biology. We go from the cell to the tissue to the organ to the organ system and then those organ systems all work together to make one functioning person. These are the 12 body systems but I'll give you a little spoiler alert. I actually like to break it into a 13th. Uh, but the main ones that we are really concerned about in yoga are of course the skeletal system and the muscular system. But as we go through this particular lecture, you're going to really see how intertwined these systems are. So even when we think that we're just targeting the muscular system, there's such an interconnectedness in the body. I always think of it as like this really intricate tapestry, but if you start to pull one thread, it is affecting every other piece of thread in that tapestry. That's really how the human body works. We can't isolate these organ systems because they are so interdependent. When one starts to break down, even though we might not notice symptoms in other areas, it's all being affected. And I think more and more as healthcare and the field of wellness is really advancing, you're going to hear more about that. So one system cannot function without the others. They are so intertwined. And we're going to talk specifically about the systems and how yoga impacts them. So there's a little bit more of a visual. The system, the immune system and the integumentary system, the skin, is not pictured here. The ones that really take up the most time when we're talking about anatomy and the body sciences for yoga is really the muscular system, the skeletal system, and the nervous system. Those are the things, and of course the respiratory system for breathing. Um, and then some of the other things that we will also get to talk about, but that's really the bulk, especially in the beginning. That's where we wanna put most of our energy, and then we can start to branch out to understand how all of the systems are impacted by what we do in yoga and just overall wellness, how all those things have to be so well synchronized. So here's the skeletal system. This is what gives our body our physical structure so that we don't just like crumple down to the floor in this big mushy pile of meat and blood. <laughs> it gives us shape and it creates this lever system, which are the joints. So when the muscles pull on the bones, it creates movement this way or movement that way. It's all this complex system of levers and pulleys. So 
joint range of motion comes from those articulating surfaces where one bone meets another bone and then we have a joint. And the shape of the ends of the bones that meet together will determine how that joint moves. So a recurring theme that you're going to hear from me is structure dictates function. The shape of something is going to determine the way that it works. The shape of the joint is going to determine the way that the joint is able to move. How does chronic stress impact the skeletal system? This is another theme that you're going to hear from me over and over because as yoga teachers, we have this unique niche that we are equipped to help people deal with chronic stress. This is such an area of need and more and more we're figuring out that things like osteoporosis and arthritis have a very strong connection to chronic stress because the body is not able to rebuild any sort of damage. So not having enough physical activity is going to cause a decrease in bone density. Having too much emotional or psychological stress can cause a decrease in bone density. Lack of physical stress, um, weight-bearing, pulling of the muscles from where they attach to the bone, that all contributes to bone health of telling the body, hey, we need our bones to be really strong, so we're going to make sure that we put energy toward maintaining our bone structure instead of constantly taking it away, which is what happens in the process of osteoporosis. We can also work on balance really, really well in yoga. We do a lot of balance. Better balance means less likely to have a fall. Less likely to have a fall means less likely to have a fracture. So it's a protective system for the skeletal system. The muscular system, I feel like this is what gets all the press in yoga. What are we stretching? What are we strengthening? What's happening at this muscle or that muscle? And it's a lot of kind of the drier aspects of anatomy is like learning the names of the bones and then learning the names of the muscles. But again, we have to know the names before we can talk about what they do. Otherwise, it just won't make sense. So when we talk about the muscular system, we want to learn the name and we want to learn the function of when this muscle contracts, what joint changes shape. And we can connect that to a yoga pose, like what muscle are we using in this particular yoga pose? How do we strengthen this muscle? How do we create more stability at the joint with this muscle? Or what muscles do I need to do this particular posture well? Like if I can't do chaturanga well, why is that? What do I have to strengthen? We talk about that. All right, the lymphatic system. I call the lymphatic system the forgotten system because even when I was in graduate school and I was taking anatomy courses, we talked about the lymphatic system for like two seconds. I knew that it existed and really didn't have an understanding of what it did. I went on to get a specialty in the lymphatic system later. And now, 10 years into my career, I'm hearing more about the lymphatic system every year, and that makes me really happy because it's kind of cutting edge in the wellness field of if our lymphatic system is not draining things away effectively, we don't have good fluid movement, we have waste products that are hanging around in our body, and our immune function is compromised. So if those things are happening, we know that the overall system is not functioning well, and yoga is so good at bringing in the things that make our, 
our lymphatic system function more effectively. Specifically, breathing with the diaphragm and muscle pump exercises. Exercises where we repeatedly open and close a joint as it helps with the pumping effect to mobilize that fluid. So yoga, really good for the lymphatic system. The next one is the immune system, and these two are connected. The lymphatic system is part of our immune system. There's a lot of immune function going on in that fluid movement, but specifically the immune, the immune system is what protects us from things from the outside world that might cause damage, viruses, bacteria, things that are going to cause infections and disease. The immune system is going to fight that. So you have the skin as the first level of defense, our mucous membranes in our nose and our mouth, the tonsils in the back of the throat, and then you see the lymph nodes. So there's that crossover between immune system and lymphatic system. So yoga and deep breathing is going to really help to bolster our immune system and the bone marrow. When we talk about the skeletal system, we'll see that it's not just structure, but it's also a site of storage and production for important things that we need for the body to work well. So the circulatory system, where our blood moves around the body, this is the transport system. And it is how we move nutrients and how we get things to organs and tissues that keeps them alive, oxygen and all the things that we get from breaking down our food are transported around our body to every little cell, to the tips of your fingers, the tips of your toes. And things that really affect our circulation include gravity and body position. So think blood pressure. Our blood pressure is going to change when we're in different positions. Um, if I'm upside down, the blood pressure in my head is very different than when I'm standing up. So in yoga, we change position a lot. Um, depending on the class, sometimes more frequently than others, but we put ourselves in positions that are not common in everyday life, and that is really good for our circulatory system. As long as you don't have any health contraindications, it is really good for you. It also aids in proper lymphatic function because those two systems are so closely related with fluid movement, they help each other. Um, the digestive system, the nervous system, the kidneys, the urinary system, all of these are going to play off of what's happening in the circulatory system. Okay, respiratory system. We all know how important breathing is to yoga. And I have no idea why this guy is green, <laughs> but I liked this picture. So the respiratory system goes from the nose and the mouth down through the neck and into the lungs. And the lungs are encased in the rib cage. So the rib cage is this protective casing for these vital organs, the heart and the lungs, but it also creates movement. So when we inhale, the rib cage has to expand, and when we exhale, the rib cage will shrink in and push the air out along with the diaphragm. So it creates this connection for the diaphragm underneath. That's where we can see this connection between the skeletal system, so the ribs, the muscular system, the diaphragm, and this organ system of the respiratory system. All of that working together really closely. Now in yoga, we are very skilled at strengthening the muscles of respiration and retraining people to breathe with 
the primary muscles of respiration instead of our accessory muscles. And if that didn't make sense, it will when we talk about the muscles. We'll go into more detail about that. The nervous system. This is my personal favorite lecture in the whole series because the nervous system is what controls everything in the body. It's like the central processing computer of our body. Nothing happens without the nervous system saying so. It is input and output. It is our ability to observe our thoughts so that really critical piece of meditation of being the observer of the mind. It is also learning how to perform movements that are nerve glides. So things that make sure that the nerves that go down into our arms and into our legs are not getting pinched anywhere and causing problems. That's a new thing that I'm seeing incorporated into physical, physical postures um, more and more in recent years. So now the bonus. Okay, I so said there were technically 12. I like to talk about 13. So I like to take the sensory system out as a whole separate thing that is really interesting because we think about the foundations of mindfulness. So what we can see, what we can smell, what we can taste, what we can hear, and everything we can touch. But there's also the inner ear, the vestibular system that tells me if I am right side up or if I'm upside down. There's the proprioceptive system that tells me where my body is. Even when my eyes are closed, I know my arms are overhead or I know my arms are behind my head now. I don't have to look at my body to know that because I have that internal proprioceptive sense. There's also this new term of interoception and we'll talk about that more with different things about the nervous system later on. Also really cutting edge in the world of yoga and anatomy. The urinary system. So there's a couple different things that come in here. This is not one of the big players that I like to talk about with the body systems and yoga, but for sure everything is super connected. And there's a lot of people going into specialties now for pelvic floor health, um, different things related to overactive bladder, which is something that is definitely linked to chronic stress. So we see that recurrent theme of stress being something that we can manage with yoga and that being something that has an effect on all of the different organ systems. The urinary system is also really tied to the circulatory system because this is how we decide, well the kidneys decide, what gets filtered out, what's too much fluid, and what gets kept in and that can have an impact on our blood pressure and all sorts of other things. And then the reproductive system. Again, not a major player that I like to talk about in the foundations of yoga anatomy, but a lot of people go on to specialties in yoga for women's health or yoga for pelvic floor, all sorts of things like that. And there's definitely a link between chronic stress and some infertility issues that yoga can be used as a component within that treatment program for those kinds of issues. So that might be something that you find interesting to go into in the future. The endocrine system. These are our hormones. These are the glands that release different messengers and tell other parts of the body what to do. This is definitely affected by chronic stress. Bad sleep patterns can cause endocrine disruption. Lack of physical activity can cause endocrine disruption. 
I also like to create this bridge here where each of the major endocrine glands corresponds with one of the chakras in the chakra system. So this is where you see science of um, the glands and the hormones has this really strong parallel to something that is completely in the subtle realm of yoga where it, the chakras are not something that we can see or we can touch but it is something that we can directly correlate to a physical place in the body if you feel like that helps you to process it better. I really like when things line up well like that. The integumentary system, the skin, the body's protective covering, it's where we have our touch receptors, it regulates hydration, it is the first line of defense for our immune function to make sure that invading viruses and bacteria don't come in. And it's the location of some exocrine organs. So exocrine meaning we excrete things like sweat, tears, saliva. Those are all found in different areas um, of what we would consider to be in the integumentary system. So here's that idea. I just want to loop back around to how interconnected all of these things are. When we're studying things, especially new topics, we break them down and simplify them so that our brains don't explode, so we can process them and absorb the information. But then we have to take those pieces and put them back together so that we see the complexity. And it's that idea of the sweater or that tapestry that when we start to pull that thread, everything else is going to be affected by that. And there's this interconnection between everything in the body. I like to look at the kosha system, which is the foundation of yoga therapy and the way that we understand Thank you.